Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. We're coming to you on the 19th of February, the year of our Lord, 2024. This is going to be, <laughs> I guess, a two-part episode. Part one, we're going to deal with endorsements. I, I loathe to weigh in early on primaries, and I really don't want to get involved unless there is a significant opportunity to improve what we already have, or it's an open seat. So I've already kind of tipped my head on a couple of these endorsements that will follow, but I'm going to work through my ballot for my district 102, right? My precinct 102. And I'm also going to talk about uh, two other races that are most definitely outside of my sphere, if you will, but are highly important, in my opinion, to the future of Collin County. So we're going to do that in part one. And in part two, we're going to revisit some things in McKinney, namely um, folks with short attention span that didn't want to take the effort to realize that I am well aware that the airport is a very nuanced situation and it takes more than 30 seconds or a wall of words on a Facebook post to get across a greater idea and explain what is going on and what the potential benefits are, but also acknowledge the known costs and unknown costs. So we're going to kind of rehash that briefly uh, in part two, and then we're going to get this wrapped up hopefully in about 20 minutes or so, so that you all can enjoy your Monday and hit the ground running on Tuesday, the first day of early voting. All right. Uh, and again, before I get to the meat of the show, let me remind you the best way that you can help me make a difference is to grow the show. And the way we grow the show is like sharing and subscribing to the program. Follow it. Join me on the social media. I have a page in a group at Facebook. I drop in over at me, we, and Gab. And maybe someday I'll figure out how to do Rumble. But for right now, this is where my territory is at, if you will. This, this is my mission field, if you will. And this is where I make my stand. Okay, so here we go. On with the program. Uh, part one, part one, endorsements. Okay, so I live in McKinney. Um, the near west side, I guess, would be the accurate way to describe it. I am west of 75, but not past, or I should say not in Stonebridge. So here are our uh, endorsements, if you will. So I'm in precinct 102. And again, none of this is hard to find. I'm not hiding from anybody. If you want to cause me trouble, look, I'm all over the place. You can come find me. You can leave my family out of it. All right. <laughs> that being said, so we have a primary still that has, oh, I don't know, 10 people on it for president. Do I need to even say it? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Donald's your only choice. Now, look, I was a reluctant uh, Trump supporter in 2016. I was a uh, much more uh, appreciative Trump supporter, if you will, in 2020. So I have my own misgivings about what played out in that uh, election. But what's done is done. Clearly, nobody cared enough to do anything about it of any significance. So we get a rehash of the 2020 election. So we got Sleepy Creepy Joe. Uh, draw your own conclusions on what's going on with dementia Biden there. But 
the Donald is back and uh, everybody else is out. It's it just the way it is. If you just hate the Donald and you want to vote for uh, Nikki, bombs away Haley, go right ahead. <laughs> All right, uh, U.S. Senator, I mean, this is a slam dunk. It's Ted Cruz. I, I have no idea who these other two people are or why in the world they'd even bother to run against Ted Cruz. Um, I'm in uh, Congressional District 3. So we have five people in this race. So four challengers to our representative, Keith Self which by the way, I've been very happy with. Uh, I will give a special shout out to my friend, Jeremy Ivanovsky. I believe he's doing the thing that he feels is best, fighting the good fight and bringing up some very important issues. Uh, that being said, I fully expect I'll be voting for Keith Self in November. But again, this is, you know, this is your opportunity. If you were disappointed or you think that some of these issues need to be addressed, well, you can either call Congressman Self or you can vote for one of his opponents. But at this point, I just don't see the wisdom in doing that. And I certainly, uh, I mean, you should always vote your conscience. And, you know, and this is really one of the reasons why I don't like to <clears throat> endorse in primaries unless it's a clear choice. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, State Railroad Commissioner. The only one I even know on this list is Christy Craddock, who is the incumbent. I don't think any of these uh, folks running would be a significant improvement. So that would be a situation where you stay with the incumbent. Now we get to the Justice of Supreme Court. I know there's a big fight going on there. I, I would say that you should vote your conscience. And if you're not sure... You can always go uh, check out Attorney General Paxton's endorsements for the uh, various courts. I, I would defer to his expertise on that matter. All right. State Board of Education, right? District 12, State Board of Education. Uh, I've been content with our incumbent in the past. Some things were brought to light this last year or so, which spurred on some different people to jump into this race. Among them is my friend Chad Green, who has uh, valiantly served on the McKinney ISD school board. He threw his hat in the ring, and uh, I would strongly recommend and endorse that man. And if you can't vote for him, I get it. I really do. If you if you believe Pam is all that in a bag of chips, <laughs> then uh, respectfully, I would suggest you give it a second look. There is all sorts of things made available that talk about her voting record. And to be clear, I am purposely avoiding speaking ill of any of the incumbents or other candidates because at the end of the day, we're all Republicans. And while some of these folks are not necessarily my flavor Republican, it doesn't mean that they're not on the team. And especially if they have a good chance of winning or they're the incumbent, I don't want them to see me as their enemy. I don't want them to have the same reaction that unfortunately a lot of us in the grassroots uh, put upon our elected officials when they let us down. We should be encouraging them to do the right thing. We should chastise them privately when they do the wrong thing and uh, be willing to support them when the time is right, which is in November. Okay, so I'm going to say that 
SD8, it is uh, Angela Paxton running for re-election, and wisely, nobody's decided to run against her this time. So, of course, that's an easy endorsement there. Every other race, with the exception of uh, Judicial District 401, has no challengers to the incumbents. I am not a huge fan of that, but I get it. If you're an attorney, do you really want to run against a sitting judge? <laughs> That's tough. But there is an open seat in the 401st. Um, I don't have a strong opinion there one way or the other. I will defer to uh, somebody else that you know would be a judicial scholar or that has a better read on their temperament, if you will. Uh, I, my de- deference... Uh, is they're all uh, purported good Republicans. They're all purported good conservatives. I really don't know, and you won't know until after they're a judge. And at that point, it may be too late. (laughs) But again, use your own wisdom, vote your conscience, okay? And the rest of the state judges are all running unopposed. We get to the sheriff's race. Now, this is... uh, this is an easy one for me. I happen to know uh, Sheriff Skinner. Been happy with him as the sheriff. I see no reason to replace him. I don't even know who his opponent is. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. County tax assessor collector. Now, I've already endorsed Scott Grigg. If you're uncertain, you don't know, you don't have a strong preference. The guy's been running for this office and kind of was done wrong by the uh, Ken Mon that's stepping out, if you want my opinion, and then done wrong again but hey when you go up against the man and you lose those things happen uh witness why nobody wants to run against the sitting judge again draw your own conclusions vote your conscience just let you know that i think scott Gregg is the best choice there going on to uh, county commissioner precinct three i will only say this once hail yes shouldn't even be a challenger in that race but Daryl just doesn't seem to have ever got in the unchallenged primary, but I'm confident that the people will see he's done the right thing and looked out for us, the taxpayers, and is very active and involved and wants to hear from you. All right. Now, this is potentially the most important race. This is what determines what we do in the Republican Party going forward. I know all three of the candidates. I wouldn't say I know them all equally well, but I know them all. The one that I think is best suited to lead us going forward, though I will freely acknowledge it is uh, an extra helping on his plate, but I think he has the mind for it, the drive for it, and already has multiple plans that he has made public as to how he's going to address certain things, and that's Shelby Williams. And in the event that one of the other two should win, I will support them. I will work with them. I'm not going anywhere. The party and what we do is far too important um, to leave it with. (laughs) I boy, I don't know how to say this. It doesn't without my help. How about that? (laughs) Uh, And it's not because I'm so awesome, but I kind of think I am. But I'm seriously, seriously. No, I I won't be petty. I'm not going to just quit and take my marbles and go home. This is a very important race. It will determine the future of Cowlin County Republican Party. And I'm going to stay involved and I'm going to keep working no matter what. But I will just say that I think the person best suited, again, Shelby Williams. 
All right, now I'm gonna read through these ballot propositions uh, once again. I know I've done this before and I'm kind of chewing up my time here. Um, and I will say this, these ballot propositions, at least this go round, I think they're fully expecting they're all gonna get a bunch of yeses um, because I can't see why anyone would disagree significantly with what they've put on here. Strangely enough, they couldn't bring themselves to putting the Texit question, i.e. should Texas um, assert its independence once again on this ballot, but it is what it is. Texas should eliminate all property taxes without increasing Texans' overall tax burden. Um, who's going to vote no to that? And, and again, I want to say none of these are binding. None of these change law. None of these are anything other than a glorified uh, poll of the general public's idea that shows up to vote in a Republican primary. It is also used to pressure elected officials and to give cover for when they do certain things, which is why it's equally disappointing that they couldn't bother to put the question about Texas independence here. But be that as it may, here we go. Create border protection unit. I mean, really? Do we need to even ask? Texas legislature should require the use of E-Verify. Again, why aren't they already? Uh, Texas legislature should end subsidies in public services and in-state college tuition for illegal aliens. How in the world did they get it in the first place? Again, I don't know why they need to ask. Uh, Congress not to grant any form of amnesty or pathway. Well, yeah, again, Congress is going to do a number on all of us, including Texas on that deal, because they want to pick their voters going forward. But it'd be nice if Texas were to rally and say, go pound sand. We're not going to participate in this, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. Texas legislature prohibit deployment of Texas National Guard to foreign con conflicts unless Congress first formally declares war. All right. Now, I want I want to pause on this. This is a variation of the De Defend the Guard Act. Uh, they passed something like this, I think, in Missouri. This is highly important. The Texas National Guard and the Air National Guard are supposed to be saved for invasion. Oh, wait, we've got that going on. Um, civil unrest. We've got some of that going on, too, though not the January 6th people. And um, natural disasters, which at the moment we don't have any. So I'm, I'm really, really glad that they're doing something about this. But... Why Why is this even a debate? All right. Um, next, Texas legislature should establish authority within the Texas State Comptroller's Office to administer access to gold and silver through the Texas Bullion Depository as legal tender. Yes, that's beautiful. I'm glad that's there. Not sure why we need to put it on a ballot question, but again, here we go. Uh, the vaccine choice question is Proposition 8. Again, another no-brainer. Uh, Republican Party should restrict voting in Republican primaries to only registered Republicans. Uh, yeah, that's called closed primaries. We've been only asking for that for, oh, I don't know, over a decade. Uh, but I'm glad they're going to at least pretend they care. <laughs> Texas Constitution should be amended to restore authority to the Texas Attorney General. Um, yeah, if you can't get a dirty DA to prosecute election crimes in their own county, that's what the AG used to be able to do until mysteriously the Supreme Court of Texas found otherwise. Not sure. Something might be dirty there too. Don't know. Don't know. All right. Um, 
Texas parents and guardians should have the right to select schools, whether public or private, for their children. Oh, a school choice. Here we go. Uh, and the funding should follow the student. Now, i got to say, this is a giant trap. But there's no way this doesn't pass. And it, we sh there's probably two or three significant versions of school choice uh, some of which I would actually be very supportive of, and some of which I would say not no, but heck no. Eh, but, I mean, this at least is moving the ball. You know, moving that Overton window, it's a good thing. Uh, Texas Constitution should be amended to require proof of citizenship. I don't know why in the world we need this to register to vote. How in the world is this even a thing? Oh, that's right, because we're not doing our job down on the border and you know, you get it, you get to vote with a driver's license oh, man. Case, or we could just end birthright citizenship while we're at it. But again, I won't be holding my breath. <clears throat> and Proposition 13, Texas should ban the state of Texas land, the sale of Texas land, citizens, governments and entities from China, Iran, North Korea and Russia. You know, this sounds great. It really does. I'm just we're opening up Pandora's box here. But certainly any uh, entity from China, probably not a good idea, just saying. But that ship already sailed, and I'm not really sure why they have to ask. This should be absolutely a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, China, we're not in good terms with them. Yeah, we're not going to allow you to purchase land. It should be that easy, but apparently they need their hand held. And again, that's just my thoughts on the matter. And in case you're wondering, yes, I want to take the remaining uh, minute or so here and rehash this. If you live in HD 67, I think you have a better choice. His name is Darren Mice. I've already endorsed him. I suggest if you live in HD 67 that if you're not sure, if you're on the fence, you take a few moments, you go and look up his website, you look into his information and you see whether or not you agree with me that he would be a better choice going forward. And see, so we can do this without disparaging or talking bad about the incumbent. The same thing needs to be said for HD 89. My friend Abraham George, and I should be honest too, Darren Mice is a friend of mine. Abraham George, the former county chairman, resigned so he could run in this race for HD 89. And again, I don't have to say anything bad about the incumbent. This is an opportunity to upgrade. To, it's a better option in my opinion. I've endorsed and I strongly suggest you, again, if you don't know enough about Abraham George, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure, go investigate. Look at his website, check out the information, see what's going on, and you have a better choice in my opinion. So in HD 89, it should be Abraham George in my opinion. With that being said, we've wrapped up the endorsements. <clears throat> on to part two. Let me take a brief pause here for... A little liquid refreshment. Well, I guess I should actually pause the record. <laughs> okay. So, as promised, we're going to go back and talk about the McKinney Airport. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people have very strong feelings about this, particularly those that don't even live in McKinney but are in the flight path. Now, I would say you could probably, off the top of my head, break this down into four different groups. 
Okay. And apparently somebody got a little hurt that I used the term cheerleader. Well, those of you that listen to this program will know that I've often referred to myself as a cheerleader. So it's not a pejorative. It's just a term, I guess, I don't want to say of endearment, but a term of my job is to encourage and get people to agree or follow something, right? That's that's what I see your cheerleader's role, right? You're already for the team because you're there watching and the cheerleader's there to get you excited and keep you motivated and keep you involved. So again, I take it what you want. I can't fix people with short attention spans and uh, thin skin. That being said, um, let's move on. So you have your let's call them city fathers, the people at the top of the food chain that see this as an opportunity to expand McKinney, to build McKinney, to pocket money or power or prestige. So they're not really worried about what the consequences are to everybody else. In fact, they will often disregard the concerns of everybody else because they know this is what they want. This is what they think in their own mind is what's for the best. And they're going to give it to us good and hard. So I will term this group, the elites, though that's not fair, nor is it uh, completely accurate, but we're just going to go with the elites. Then we're going to have what I would call the cheerleaders. These are people that will tell you They've weighed the options, they've looked into all the details, and they see that the net benefit is going to outweigh the net cost. In other words, it's it's an overall win, and they're excited about it, and they're wanting to get you excited about it. They're not necessarily working with the elites or for the elites, though they have common cause in that they believe this is a better outcome. Now, let me put a pause for just a second here on the next two and say, I think that the cheerleaders have good arguments. That being said, I had a discussion with somebody and if I said, if you're willing to take out the people that just don't want an airport period, and if you're willing to take out the people that are going to be directly affected by the airport's footprint and set aside their cost, right? They're the negatives associated there. And you're looking strictly at a revenue issue here. And this is, this is the concept that they keep hammering on, I guess to some degree, rightfully so. Revenue will increase with an expanded airport. So do costs. So you're not necessarily going to get a better profit, but you're going to get more revenue. Now, their argument would be is that revenue can be utilized for the schools, for the city itself. And part of that revenue is going to come from the additional businesses or services that come to fruition or come to take part in McKinney because of the airport. So while they make a good argument and I will validate most of it, I'm not sure that it is exactly as they cracked it up to be, but giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying that they're merely giving the best case scenario and they feel strongly that we're going to get some version of the best case scenario. I will cede that part of the argument to them. I believe that economically it will be a net positive. Maybe not for the airport specifically itself in and of itself, but for the additional benefits gained by having the airport. Now, if you want to have an argument whether or not the airport will ever be self-funding completely or that there will be a a net cash flow, i.e. a profit from the airport specifically, that I can't answer. 
I'm not super confident on that. Most of the time when it's an FAA up airport, any profit that they would make has to be reinvested in the airport. Then now that's my understanding. And if I've got that wrong, don't beat me up. Just, just know that the city itself probably not going to see a profit that goes to the city. That being said, the revenue generated will go to the city and the associated revenue will go to the city, will go to the school district. So I'm hopeful that when this is completed in some way, shape or form, that it will be the net positive that the cheerleaders think it is. And I believe there's evidence to suggest they've got that right. So now, now that I've explained that, and I know, I know, we're going to go on to group number three. These are the folks that and I would probably include myself in this. We don't want the airport being built with government money. We don't want more investment made in that airport because we have yet to see a profit. We're not necessarily opposed to the airport per se, but we don't want to continue to throw more money at something that's not giving us a return or not generating revenue. Now, I will say that I, I sat in that position for a very long time. I'm not necessarily to leave that position, but I am saying that I've been convinced to a degree that the cheerleaders have a point and that we need to be willing to at least engage on that and have a discussion of whether or not at this, we're at the tipping point where maybe we can do something here. Now, one of the things that I've heard is when you bring private money in, they own the thing and they get to control what happens. Well, yes and no. I currently live in a lease house. I don't own it, but I have to pay for it. And because it's not mine and I don't own it, I can only do certain things. And there are terms of the lease that dictate how I have to do certain things. It seems to me that if we're going to bring in private investors or a private airline or a private terminal uh, you know, company or whatever, we just write the terms of the lease saying that you must do these things. There are certain criteria you must meet in order for you to be a good business partner and for us to both make money and take care of our people and do the right thing. So it can be done and you can write the terms and you can maintain a certain amount of profit slash revenue coming out of the airport. Maybe you won't get as absolute amount that you think you're going to get, but that doesn't affect all the associated businesses that have moved in that you're utilizing in your model to indicate that we're going to have a net revenue that's significantly higher than what it is now. All you're doing is taking that one piece and putting the onus on another entity so that when there is a loss, they eat the loss. When it's a lean year, they get the lean year. When things aren't being run properly or appropriately or however you want to phrase that, we can just renegotiate or terminate the lease because they have violated what they promised to do. It's not that hard. And I think it gives us most of what we want and it takes away some of the risk. And I would imagine that that may be the end goal if some of the cheerleaders came to look at it from the same way I'm looking at it. Okay. That being said, so we're going to, I don't know, boy, I guess we'll call them the, the practical or the nominal objectors. How about that? The nominal objectors. We'll go with that because I've been lumped in with a, you know, an always objector. Well, I don't know if that's true, but, and then we're going to say, we're going to have the fourth group, the anti-airport group. Now this group is 
probably get some subgroups, but just to be clear, they don't want an airport. They don't like the fact that we currently have an airport and they certainly don't want to expand the airport and they don't care if it's done with private money or public money. They just don't want that airport getting any bigger period. End of story. These guys actually have a tougher time with than the other two positive groups because that airport's been there for at least 65 years, if I remember correctly, uh, 75, 74, somewhere in there. Oh, I'm sorry. 50, 50 plus years. Most of the people that have moved to Collin County have been here less than 50 years. In fact, I would say most of the people that have moved to Collin County slash McKinney have been here less than 20 years. So that airport's always been there. The plan has always been to expand the airport. Now, look, I'm sympathetic to folks that didn't know any better or, you know, they bought their property before the airport grew. I, I get that. So that leaves you with two choices. You deal with the extra traffic from the airport or you sell and take your profit because depending on where you're located, you can make a handsome profit. Yes. It's going to be difficult to go find a replacement home. I get it. I, it's not fair. It's, it's, it stinks, but that's also part of life. And if you negotiate it properly, there should be a pretty nice payout. I mean, there's no reason why the Craig's or the, uh, Van Tiles would go and invest that money if they didn't think there was a profit, right? There is profit to be gained from this, depending on how it plays out, depending on how it's built out. So you can get some of that. So, but in any case, if you live in the neighboring communities that are going to be under the footprint, of the air traffic, Fairview comes to mind first and foremost, certainly some of those folks in Heritage Ranch, I'm sorry, there's nothing that's going to be able to be done. I mean, you can continue to throw your clout, which you have significant clout, but not in this McKinney City Hall. And you can continue to be difficult and throw up challenges. But at the end of the day, this is one case where City Hall is going to win. And to a degree, not wanting an airport is saying you don't want cars. And saying you don't want cars means you don't want a telephone. I mean, it's just how far back you want to dial this down. Now, I don't believe we're going to get Love Field in McKinney. I could very much make an argument. I'd love to have an Alliance-style airport in McKinney, but I don't know that that's going to happen either. But somewhere in between there would be good. I don't know if there's enough foot traffic that can justify having passenger service, but certainly expanded cargo service, expanded uh, what we would call private jets. I'm kind of okay with that. Those people that do that, they pay a premium. They come in, they buy our fuel, they, they buy a place to store their plane. That's good for the city. That's good for the community. And Collin County benefits from that as well. And if, if you wanted to be upset, be upset that McKinney has to do this on their own without the rest of Collin County paying a piece of this. Now, some of the folks in the city of McKinney believe that this is for the best. I'd really like to hear that argument without dismissing and sneering at the people that have questions. I don't think that's going to ever happen. Unfortunately, this is the never airport people. I'm sorry, I just can't go there. I don't think that's the right attitude to have. You're free to have that. I will not call you names. I just think you're wrong. I think you got it wrong. I really do. So 
again, I hope this was helpful. I, you know, I invested another 10 minutes on this issue that just doesn't seem to go away. It doesn't, it doesn't seem that the people that ought to be giving the benefit of the doubt ought to be looking for allies, uh, aren't interested in doing that. Uh, strangely, we see that all the time in party politics, but again, this is a situation where everybody can benefit if we can just find a way to work together for the best opportunity, the best outcome, where everybody gets something. And with that, that this has been, according to Callus, in a case I didn't say it before, this is episode 585, um, Monday again. I can't think of a better title, so we're just going to go with Monday again. And uh, look... This is an important period of time. We need to use clear eyes, open minds, and make good decisions. And until then, I will see you on the other side.